Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Uh, it's the 415ers podcast. Joe Shatsky, Blitzer, and Bonte Hill. Our initial podcast here, our pilot episode of the 415ers. Subscribe on the 415ers podcast feed. Go to the Odyssey app. Download this bad boy. We're going to be with you all year long mm. a lot of good stuff here we'll get some players on this podcast we'll have some guests some bloggers nice. podcasters there's going to be a lot of fun on the 415ers we're going to miss the warrior season playoff basketball of course takes precedent over anything takes precedent over anything out there including giants baseball but got to get our 49er fix here including the draft that was a little lukewarm if you're a 49er fan because so they didn't weird. have they didn't have a they didn't have a first round pick after they traded all the assets to get trey lance but this regime, John Lynch, the GM, mm-hmm. and, of course, Adam Peters, his assistant, they do great in the middle rounds of the NFL draft. Yeah. So I wasn't too concerned about that. In day two, when the Niners got on the clock for number 61 overall, they took a D lineman in Drake Jackson. Drake Jackson, USC, who's a pass rush specialist. And the tape looks good. But I'm more excited about the fact that he gets to learn from defensive line coaches. Yeah. Chris Kosarek, and I believe he's going to bring the best out of them. Again, the Niners—they know what they know what they know what they want. They know their identity. It's bully ball. Yeah, dominate the trenches. We're going to get after the quarterback. We're going to stop the run, and we're going to play bully ball. And they're built to win in the postseason. And that started with Drake Jackson uh, out of USC. What do you like about Drake Jackson so far? The bendability, number one, the burst. I mean, he looks like he's got long arms, which. Look, comparing anyone to Alden Smith, you know, is is a fool's errand. I mean, that guy was a special comment and a freak athlete. But when you wear 99 and you come around the bend and you got the long arms that go down below your kneecaps, I'm going to start thinking of Alden because that's how great he was as a pass rusher. Now, I don't think that this is what this guy's going to be, but he's going to benefit from a lot of single coverage. Yeah, 6'2", 254 coming off the edge and... I know you had some buddies text you about Drake Jackson. Yeah. We both have friends from big USC uh, fans. USC. And you mentioned this to me, Shasky, that he just wasn't coached up. And mm-hmm. we knew who the coach was at USC. It was Clay Helton, a guy who should have been fired from that yes. job three years ago. So you're mm-hmm. not getting the best coaching. The program's in shambles. It's an absolute mess. You're not playing for anything. The conference is down, but he gets to come up to Northern California, number 61 overall, mm-hmm. and play opposite of Nick Bosa. So Talk about that's easy for Debo Samuel. Drake Jackson comes into a perfect situation. Yeah, let's let's think about this. So in year one for Bosa, who plays opposite him on the on the other end? Well, it's a combination of Eric Armstead and D Ford. And they were spectacular, spectacular on the opposite side. Uh, who plays opposite Nick Bosa early on in the season before he got hurt in, in 2020? Well, Kerry Hyder. Now, Kerry Hyder ended up doing good things once Bosa also got hurt and and had had a monster little season opposite him, and also because of Chris Kosarek. Yep. And then he got last paid. He got paid. exactly <laughs> and last year you had Ibakam who 
flashed a little here and there. Um, and then you had a bunch of other random guys out there, but they missed that D Ford speed and they missed that power from a guy opposite Nick Bosa, who's going to command a double team and is going to eat those double teams up. I'm hoping that this guy, maybe not early on, but by year's end can be a three down lineman to where he's not a liability in the run game and he can win one-on-one matchups on the edge versus secondary defense uh, offensive tackle like that's what i'm looking at you think bose is going to probably take one of those bigger assignments on he kind of relishes those things so uh, i'm i'm very interested to see how this works and then are they going to mix him up on the on the d-line are they going to throw him out there alongside javon kinlaw and eric armstead and then maybe run some stunts because of that speed or run him and bosa right next to each other i think he's going to be in a very advantageous spot here with the 49ers yeah i, I totally agree here and then a lot of people went crazy over third round pick out of LSU to running back, Tyrion Davis-Price. Tyrion Davis-Price, you know, it's funny. My guy, Big Dog City, my brother from another mother, was at the Florida LSU game down in Baton Rouge this past season. And this uh-huh. guy, Tyrion Davis-Price, went crazy. And I think he scored six touchdowns, if I'm not mistaken. He said, this guy's a load. They got a back dude that's sick. And then the Niners take him, and everybody's going crazy. You know I had a man cross on James Cook. He goes in the mm. second round with Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen. It's a I great pick. The Buffalo Bills got James Cook. They got speed in the backfield, speed on the outside. They may average 40 points per game next year <laughs> on offense. I'm not even kidding here. But Tyrion Davis-Price, and everybody said, oh, why are they taking another back? And we know the history of the 49ers are taking running backs under Kyle Shanahan. They've done it every single job. Trey Sermon, third-round pick from a year ago, didn't pick up the system. All right, you pivot, right, Shasky? If he doesn't pan out, we go get another guy. Well, this guy's a bell cow, and I've been begging for a bell cow. Elijah Mitchell last year banged up as a bell cow. Remember mm. the Philadelphia game? You even said it. Game was a little too physical for Elijah yeah. Mitchell. He did adjust later in the year, but Jamichael uh, J- uh, Hasty goes down. Jeff Wilson Jr. is always hurt. Good mm. running back, always hurt. Uh, Trey Sermon, not ready to go. They had to go to Debo Samuel to play running back because they had no option. So, I get the running back pick. A lot of people say, well, round three is a little high for this guy. But you know what? If you identify a guy and that's your guy, then go get your guy. I don't give a damn where you pick him. If that's your guy, go get your guy and coach him up. So for this pick, for me, this was the two things are equally true. Number one, if you are a run-based team, you should be drafting running backs all the time anyway, especially when they have an injury history, which is what the Niners have right now, an injury history at running back. Like During the Shanahan era, they have had very few guys make it from week one to week 17. That's just a fact. Like mm-hmm. Guys get dinged up. It's the position so physical. So I look at it as, yeah, every year I'm drafting a running back. I have no problem with that. They need a physical bell cow. I love the LeGarrette Blunt types, the guys that yeah. can lean on people mm-hmm. late in games in fourth quarters when you're winning mm-hmm. and you want to go power football and just take the air out of it and win with a seven minute drive to close things out you need those bigger bodied backs right that's i believe in that philosophically secondarily i also believe the second truth which is trey sermon's just not that dude and you know what from a financial standpoint i've always been a believer you hear me you know you make fun of me when it comes to the money but when you have an investment that stinks the worst thing you can do is clutch that investment and hope you can squeeze something out of it and it continues to lose you money if you know that guy's just not good enough in your system then hey cut bait now like i have no problem with that like if you made a mistake that's fine how long it takes for you to realize the mistake that's the difference between good and bad investors yeah joe williams remember him nine yes fourth round it boom didn't even work out we move on we move mm-hmm. on that quickly you and know, they the found Niners- brita that year 
Yeah, exactly. Matt Breida and the Cheetah got a contract with Miami because of the 49ers and this system. And you think about it. They want to wear dudes out like we just said. They want to play physical football, especially mm-hmm. in the postseason, which they've been successful at uh, in two to five years with Kyle mm-hmm. Shanahan. They beat people up at the line of scrimmage. This guy's a big dude, 6'1", 223, down in Louisiana. You can't be no punk running the football <laughs> in the SEC. All no, right? you cannot. I'm sorry. You well, can't be no sucker running between the tackles in the SEC. And this guy, Tyrion Davis-Price, he had the 287-yard day against Florida. I get their defense wasn't the same this past year. But he's had some moments down there at LSU. Well, and B, let's let's call it what it is. You, you're referencing the USC coaching situation. It's not like Ed Orgeron was running no. a well-oiled machine this year. He <laughs> lost both of his coordinators, and that listen, like straight up, yeah. this that program was a disaster this year. Yeah. So I think it's very easy to look at some of the game field, like what's going on here. I think it's different. Look at the Shanahan's have proven to me they get the benefit of the doubt at running back evaluations. The Trey Sermon thing, all right, they missed one. How many have they hit on, though? Like, you got to give them the earned equity, which I believe that they have because of their track record. So I'm going to lean in on this one. Let's see where it's at. I will be honest, though. They miss Raheem Mostert's bursting speed because it's game-changing. I probably wouldn't have paid him either because of the injury history, but there was something dynamic about him being a home run hitter in that backfield, and that's an element that I think is really hard to replicate. Uh, you're spot on with the monster. They missed him, that home run hitter, which is why I was salivating for James Cook. If he yeah. slip in the third round, because they need a guy, and I get it. They tried it with Jarek McKinnon. He gets hurt uh, yeah. a week before the season opener against Minnesota in 2018. They needed a running back who can come out of the backfield and match up with the linebacker and just mm-hmm. cook them and be really good in space. Do they have that guy on the roster right now? I was hoping it was Trey Sermon. Maybe it is still Trey Sermon. Maybe he comes back from the offseason program and his offseason workouts, and he becomes a new dude. We'll see about that because they do need that back who could just take the top off the defense and hit you a home run. But speaking of home runs, this pick at 105 in the third round, Sonny, uh, Danny Gray out of SMU. This kid looks like the real deal, Shasky. And we've been begging for a slot guy, right? They mm-hmm. tried Trent Taylor. Kendrick Bourne, I thought, was a good slot receiver, but not your prototypical slot guy. Mm-hmm. We think of quick shifty, in space, uh, quick uh, quick area movements, wiggle. Richie James Jr. We thought Richie James Jr. could be that guy. Oh, that Packer game. game. <laughs> oh, man, we had that Packer game. That's <laughs> that nice. one COVID Packer game. That, that one post, I mean, we I had high hopes for Richie James Jr. <laughs> Danny Gray. This guy, Danny Gray, is that slot dude. He's a little bigger than advertised, 6'1", so he has some nice little height to him, 180 out of SMU, and we know SMU is just throwing the ball all over the yard. They're mm-hmm. throwing the ball all over the place. I'm kind of high hopes for this guy, Danny Gray, man. He looked good on tape. I'm very interested to see how big he really is because if you look at Ayuk and Debo Samuel, they're not the tallest guys. They're just not. Even though Ayuk's got really long arms, that's not like he's not a big-bodied kind of a guy. So I'll be very interested to to see him in person um, when we go to training camp and whatnot because they do lack size, and I think that's what makes Jawan Jennings so unique as a third option for this team. But we clearly have seen in the NFL, which you referenced in the first segment, you got to have weapons. You got to have lots of them. And it's a very physically demanding position now in the NFL because you're running so many routes. You get a lot of deep muscle injuries. Guys come off. They get hit hard by linebackers now because of all the smoke screens and all the stuff underneath that this offense wants to do. Yeah, they need playmakers. Like, straight up. There's no doubt about it. 
I just always fall victim into thinking the next receiver they take is going to be special because I want <laughs> I want receivers to pop so bad on this team. And that going back to the Debo thing, that's why I wanted him so bad to stay a Niner because he's yeah. one of the few that has actually matured into the superstar we've all coveted. And, and, and you know what? Brandon Ayuk is on his way. He ascended yeah. in the last two months of uh, 2021. Brandon Ayuk became a top playmaker first-round pick for the 49ers. And mm -hmm. here's what NFL analyst Len Zerline said about Danny Gray. He described him as a top playmaker for SMU in 2021 and shown an ability to work all three levels of the field. His long gliding strides separate from coverage on attack-oriented routes, but he has the bend and agility to become a quality target working underneath. So you have Debo working underneath. You have Ayuk mm -hmm. working underneath. You have Danny Gray working underneath alongside George Kittle. I don't want to put too much oh. pressure on this rookie here, but alongside Jawan Jennings, he can learn a lot here. I think Danny oh. Gray will get an opportunity in this offense to contribute right away. And you got to understand, if you're going to pay Debo Samuel that amount of money, you better have other wide receivers who don't make a whole lot so that you can have value in the margins. I believe Jennings signed a two-year extension this yeah. offseason. Mm -hmm. I think because he's drafted, you'll get, I think, three years of team control, if I'm not mistaken, right. um, of Gray. So you're going to have to find some value somewhere for dirt cheap. I'm hoping that this guy can be it. And to your point earlier, they've made a lot of splashes in the third, fourth, fifth, sixth rounds. Yep, they have. They have. They've done really well. Uh, they've got a couple other guys. Tariq Castro-Fields uh, played at Penn State. This guy, he looks the part, man. He fell all the way to the sixth round. Again, mm -hmm. the Niners have hit on these picks in the fifth and sixth round. This is a guy who made 30 starts at corner. So mm -hmm. can he play in the slot as a nickel back? By the way, the Niners bringing back Jason Verrett. Kind of I love that. I love that too. Alongside Emmanuel Mosley, you have a uh, Charvarius, Charvarius Ward. Ward. Charvarius Ward coming from Kansas City. Kwan Williams is now a different Bronco. We're gonna miss him. He was a really good 49er, but mm -hmm. obviously he lost to Seth last year in the postseason. I don't know if he was hurt or what, but he could not stay in front. Yeah, of him. they they beat him stay. off the they beat they beat him off the hike over and over and over again. And I felt bad because he was a really good contributor for this dude, team for a couple of years. Right off the snap, dude, just getting wiggled out by a Cooper Cup. So, look, they've got some – I think the Niners' safety is still something I'm looking at. Maybe they bring back Joukowsky Tart. I have no idea. He still hasn't signed with anybody. I can see the Niners bringing him back for the cheap. We'll see about Hufanga here. But I think overall in the offseason, if the Niners stayed the same, which for the most part they have, and we're still awaiting Alex Mack, whether or not he's going to retire. Hopefully Alex Mack comes back. I think the Niners right now, with Debo Samuel on the roster, are still a top four team in the NFC. And if you're a top four team in conference and you're playing in a divisional round, I'll take the Niners' style of football over anybody's in the month of January. I think they're well positioned to make another deep run due to the draft that they had and the offseason that they had where they were selective and not spinning here and there. They still got the guys back. And Still wait to see what happens to Jimmy Garoppolo. But well, overall, I'm not complaining about this offseason. Yes, it was weird. Yes, it was trippy. Yeah, we had drama. But overall, I'm not mad at it. Well, they've made incremental gains. I mean, think about it. They're they're going to have a little more bolstered offense in, in yeah. terms of like, bringing the whole band back, plus some new weapons, the rookies that you mentioned. Um, let's see what happens with the center position. I believe since they didn't draft a center, it feels like to me Alex is coming back, but I don't know because the press conference made it seem like he was retiring. And then I look at the defense. They're better. They should be better, at least on paper, you know, to me. Yes, you lose DJ Jones, who was really good. 
Yeah. I think Kinlaw's in for a bounce back. I'm going to be optimistic there. And I think you're going to get the best of Eric Armstead sliding him to the inside and then having different guys work that outside end spot. You obviously upgraded the cornerback spot. It's about incremental gains. Let me throw a name at you who's okay. unsigned and is a free agent. I think is floating around there. What about this team bringing in after they can maybe consummate some sort of a release or trade of Jimmy G? What about getting Julio Jones? Who's just sitting there, just sitting there. Why not? What about another tight end? There are a lot of other players that are veterans who can help this team in situations like the red zone where yeah. we're not even thinking about them right now, but could be bargain bin values come July. You know, Julio Jones is a guy I've always fixated on because of the, you know, he's so familiar with Kyle Shanahan yes. and the system going back to Atlanta. He was banged up last year. And we always talk about big body wide receivers for the 49ers. They need a guy who can high point the football. Yeah. This is why we all went crazy over Jalen Hurd after one preseason game against Dallas because of the fade route he ran to that left pylon <laughs> in the end zone and he high pointed the football. We were like, wow, we haven't seen that since Bolden. We haven't really seen that since T.O. We haven't seen that in a long time in San Francisco. I wouldn't be mad at Julio Jones. I'm not going to lie to you. Would not be mad at him. August when guys are lingering around. That's and then what I'm saying. We say, hey, man, we're playing for a championship. How about you come out here, help mm -hmm. us get over the hump here. Our young guys can learn from you, Julio Jones. You're going into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. We want Debo and Brendan Ayuk to be Hall of Famers in second yep. title. Glad you brought that up. Austin Hooper, as soon as he went on, when he became a free agent, he got snatched up quickly. Yes. I Second tight end is, seems like a, a position of need for a long time. Ever since we had the tandem of uh, Vernon Davis and Delaney Walker. Yes. How beneficial was it to Vernon Davis to have Delaney oh. Walker as his second tight end and as a Swiss Army knife? The Niners do need a second tight end. Ross Joely, a nice player, but he just doesn't do no. enough for me, Jasper. No, come on. I would come love on. to see them go for a well, second tight end and kick the tires on Julio Jones. And, and like, just think about it. We kind of got robbed of seeing Jordan Reed and George Kittle play simultaneously. They were never healthy at the same time. And Jordan Reed, like, I know he retired, but, like, he was making plays for this team. That Jets right? game, he was dynamic. Heck, what's going on with Jordan Reed right now? You all right? The concussions? I mean, that's you know, what I'm saying. Dissipated? You well, like that, well, that's why I bring up Julio Jones. Not that he could play tight end per se, but just imagine having him and George Kill split out on the same side. Now you have physicality and you have mismatches. You want to go with the safety? Fine. We'll body you. You want to go with the corner? We'll body you too. You know, you want to go with the linebacker? Well, we're just too fast for you. So I just think about red zone situations. How can this team be the most explosive, efficient version of itself? And to me, adding that 6'3 wide receiver or that backup tight end would totally help out this offense because we know they've got a schematic advantage with all of the other weapons in the run game and with Debo Samuel. It's just that high-pointing tight end, wide receiver, opposite of George Kittle, opposite of Debo. God, that would just – and maybe I'm asking too much. Maybe it's just too much dessert. But I'd love to have that on this team. And you know what? The Niners may be that team that's in for those veterans. I thought they'd make a play at the Honey Badger, uh, Tyron Matthew. Yeah, I did too. Saints. He would have been I, – I would have liked them in the system. I know a lot of people disagree, said he wasn't a scheme fit. Man, I feel like the Honey Badger could play in any scheme. He's a yeah. football player. He's a Doesn't ball hawk. He's a baller. So 